Pride and Prejudice, I know that just saying the title out loud makes our listeners smile. People have deep connections with the novel by Jane Austen and two very popular on-screen adaptations. Now it's been said that the 2005 movie is for millennials, but the 1995 miniseries is for Gen X. Some people are divided between the two versions, but I say, why can't we love both? I'm Carly and I'm here with my sister, Kayla, and today we're going to talk about them. So Kayla, what do you think about that? I love both of them. I love, love, love the 2005 version, but I also just think that there's no point in really comparing them because they kind of are, you know, so different. So like movies, you know, there's there's less space, so you got to get more creative and artistic. And and then the miniseries has a lot more room to be more, you know, re- uh, true to the book and the story. So it's, I don't know, it's just, I don't see the point in comparing them. They're just so different. They're both so good. Come on, guys. They're both so great. (laughs) I have to agree. And yeah, so I read Jane Austen's novels in middle school, fell in love. And then it was in high school when the 2005 movie starring Keira Knightley came out. And I remember it being big that year. She got an Oscar nomination. All my friends love the movie. And it wasn't until college that I watched the miniseries. My roommates and I decided to watch it for Valentine's Day one year. And it's it's funny because I had seen Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy in Bridget Jones' Diary before seeing him as the Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice. Same, same for me. <laughs> um, but that's just, you know, that's just the way it went for us. But we, because we both saw the 2005 movie first, Kayla, let's start, let's start with that one. Okay. I mean, can we just talk about the opening scene, how immaculate it is, like with the music and the lens flare? Because I know a lot a lot of people give a bad rap to the lens flare, but it's it's so beautiful and aesthetically pleasing. And also it happens in the real life, in real world. Like you're walking down the street during sunset and boom, the sun's in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, why not? I completely agree. And I noticed it more now than ever, probably like the last time I watched it and it's, yeah, it's beautiful. It doesn't bother me at all. I love it. Um, and then coupled with the Oscar nominated music score by Dario Marianelli, it's just peaceful, lovely. I feel like the whole movie has like a golden hour filter on it. I just does. It's epic. Epic. So speaking of the beginning, I like how they, in this film, directed by Joe Wright, (laughs) they introduce the five sisters. You see Lizzie reading and being thoughtful, enjoying nature. And then it shows Mary at the piano. Jane is saying like, watch out to Kitty and Lydia as they run down the stairs giggling, which I feel like they just do throughout the whole movie. They're just giggling the whole time. (laughs) Um, I have to ask, which sister do you relate to the most of the Bennett sisters? I'm glad you asked. Well, I would have to say Jane. <clears throat> we don't look anything alike, but <laughs> definitely was a lot shyer when I was younger, and and um, people had a hard time reading me. I think, mm-hmm. and um, I just think that's kind of similar to how Jane is described. Yeah, but then I knew you very well, so I could I knew your you know motives and what you were thinking. Yeah, it's kind of like Jane Bennett. I love that. What about you? I mean, I love all the sisters. I don't really have a strong affinity to one of them. I don't think I'm like one of them. If you have to, if you wanted to know, I would say I'm more of an Eleanor Dashwood from Sense and Sensibility, but we'll, we'll talk about other Jane Austen um, adaptations later on in the series. But I mean, I love all of them. And I, on my period drama style Instagram, I often run polls and, and ask questions in my posts, you know, which Bennett sister, do you feel like you're the most like? And I get a lot of Kitty and Mary, believe it or not. I think they're, you know, a little bit behind the scenes, a little more maybe misunderstood, but um, yeah. And then hardly anyone says Lydia, poor Lydia. She's just a little too flirtatious, maybe. (laughs) Well, Carly, I would have to say when you were in middle school, Carly was definitely very Lydia. (laughs) That's true. I had a phase. I had a Lydia phase. Um, I was definitely boy crazy, but who doesn't? (laughs) 
I probably threw a few handkerchiefs on the ground to see if they pick them up <laughs> or, or, or like in Clueless where she pushes her pin off the side of the desk, but, um, and that's an Emma reference, but anyways, the Emma. Uh, well, cause you know, Clueless is Emma. Oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, so yeah. And the actresses are, I think the cast is great in this movie. I mean, Rosamund Pike as Jane Bennett, she's kind of like Regency Barbie. She's beautiful and perfect. Then we have Jenna Malone as Lydia, Carrie Mulligan as Kitty and Carrie Mulligan. This was, I think her first big movie and now she's a period drama queen. So it's cool to look back. Yeah. I did. I think when I first saw this, I didn't really know who she was. And then I came back later and was like, wait, that's Carrie Mulligan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Tallulah Riley plays Mary and she had a few scenes in Westworld. So she's still acting and it's kind of cool. And then we have the three potential suitors, the three (laughs) romantic leads. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think is more swoonworthy, Kayla? Do you think it's Matthew McFadden as Mr. Darcy, Simon Woods as Charles Bingley, or Rupert Friend as Mr. Wickham? Well, I would have to say unpopular opinion, Charles Bingley. Do tell, tell more. I just think he's so sweet and smiley and wholesome. And I just feel like he has a very fun energy, at least in the 2005 version, for sure. Yeah, you're such a Jane. I know, I guess I am. I didn't realize. (laughs) But what about you? I'm curious. Maybe this will answer who you are as a Bennett sister. Oh, no, I just realized because you did call me Lydia. And I really do think that I'm pretty... I'm a bad judge of character and I'm pretty naive and I think I would be fooled and I would be charmed by Mr. George Wickham. Well, there you have it. That answers that question. Carly is Lydia. But I'm not really. You are. Anyway. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, that there you have it. We picked Mr. Bingley and Mr. Wickham. We didn't even pick Fitzwilliam Darcy. How did we do that? I don't know, but he's got plenty of love. So that's true. Girls would choose him. (laughs) Yeah. So Matthew McFadden, he was 31 at the time. Now he's winning all the awards for succession and he's just dreamy. And he had been in at least one other BBC miniseries before this movie or around that time, but I really didn't know him. Um, And he was just you know, mysterious, tall, dark, handsome, mysterious on the screen. And he has such chemistry with Kira Knightley. They have the best chemistry and they have created so much tension in this movie that it's just, you could cut it with a knife. Or yeah. Could, or is the saying you couldn't cut it with a knife because it's so tense? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to let you. I feel like that makes more sense. Anyway. You could, you could cut it. You couldn't even cut it with a knife. (laughs) Moving on. So, um, yeah, no, Mr. Darcy's like the ideal, but they just don't, he doesn't make a good first impression at all, which by the way, title of the first draft of Jane Austen's story was called first impressions. Um, and yeah, he and Elizabeth, they just get off to a bad start. She overhears him at the Meriton ball say, that she's not handsome enough to tempt him. But 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 you still notice when he's walking through the dance, the assembly hall, he sees her. He like does a double take at her when she's Yeah, I mean that's his pride. He's he doesn't want to admit that the little country folk are interesting him to, to him. Yes. But yeah, no you're right. No you're right. So Carly, when do you think it was in the story that Mr. Darcy actually fell in love with Lizzie? Because it was definitely before she did, right? Yeah, I definitely think it was before she did um, or before she even was aware of her any feelings. But yeah, I think it was when he's um, staying with his friend at Netherfield and Jane get poor Jane gets sick and Elizabeth goes and stays with everyone at Netherfield. And she has such witty remarks to everything that he says and everything that Caroline Bingley throws at her. You know, she's just so comfortable in her own skin. Yeah. Let's talk about the costumes. Oscar nominated by Jacqueline Duran. 
and who's nominated even this year for an Oscar, works so well with the director, Joe Wright. And um, I read that Joe Wright, he actually disliked the Regency Empire Wasted Gowns. So what he did is he did some research, discovered when Austin wrote the first draft of her novel, which was 1797. And in that time period, the style of dress would, uh, the high Regency um, Empire Wasted Gowns would only be worn by the most fashionable members of society. So you get your Caroline Bingley in this one, played by Kelly Riley, wearing it very high, high waist. But then the Bennett sisters, the waistline's a bit lower. And I don't know, I kind of feel that just because I know, I don't think it would be flattering on me to wear such a high waisted gown. So I do kind of like it. I think it would. Yeah. And I definitely noticed that in the, um, the mini series, they definitely had a bit more of the classic Regency era. Mm -hmm. I did a little digging myself about this. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, please tell me. Well, so I didn't know this, maybe our listeners do, but apparently the Regency era fashion was very heavily influenced by the Greek and Roman era style. And it was kind of all the rage during that time. And that's why you see, like, they kind of look like statuesque. You know, if you look at Greek statues, they've got the little ringlets around their forehead and then got the empire waist mm-hmm. and the sleeves and the long draping dress going down mm-hmm. their legs. And maybe that's why it's called the empire waist. Mm. <laughs> there we go. And when you said that, it made me think of in, in Emma when... Emma Woodhouse is drawing Harriet Smith and, you know, kind of in all the movie adaptations sets her up to look like a sort of like a Roman yeah. Greek goddess. Yeah, she totally does. Thinking back to the tension we were talking about between Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy, there's this scene in the rain and they're under like a pergola and he proposes to her and they almost kiss. It's just so fun to watch that scene. It is. I mean, everybody talks about that scene because there's so much tension. <laughs> and they're just so perfect for perfectly casted, I think. And they just did such a good job. Yeah, that scene, I feel like they're really sparring. They're just throwing things back at each other. And it's very realistic. I like that. And of course, by this point, Elizabeth Bennett has had two horrible marriage proposals we have to talk about mr collins played brilliantly by tom hollander i mean i think he's kind of a scene stealer he's a fantastic actor maybe an underrated actor what a superbly featured room and what excellent boiled potatoes many years since i've had such an exemplary vegetable i'm (laughs) sorry i had to do it (laughs) no i mean that quote i love every time it shows up on instagram or whatever I just yeah I've seen a post someone was like the only thing to say at Thanksgiving this year (laughs) (laughs) he's great um but and then Mr. Darcy's proposal is not much better he says um you know he oh my gosh I hate his even more his proposal's worse (laughs) because he's like well even despite better judgment how condescending how dare you? <laughs> the arrogance, the pride. <laughs> yes. Um, and he, you know, talks about her family. However, her family is quite embarrassing. But and I do, but I do like how he says that you, you and your sister, I'm excluding you from this. Like you and Jane, you're great, but the rest of your family is an embarrassment. <laughs> I know. How harsh. I mean, they they know. They don't need to tell them. <laughs> It's just, I almost feel for Elizabeth Bennett in that time because she's already embarrassed. I know. But yeah, to say that he likes her against his better judgment. Oh. That is not swoon-worthy at not all. Not swoon-worthy at all. But- yeah, so of course we're, we have these great quotes from Jane Austen. And we have to mention, though, that the screenplay is well done by Deborah Mogok. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And Emma Thompson actually received a special thanks credit at the end of this movie because she helped with the script. Did you know that? No. 
So she won, keep in mind, so she won an Oscar for the screenplay of the 1995 Sense and Sensibility, which is an amazing version of Jane Austen's first published novel. And I guess I feel like I could just see them calling, calling Emma Thompson in for her expertise. And she actually helped two scenes. So there's the scene where Charlotte Lucas tells Elizabeth Bennett on the swing that she's about to marry Mr. Collins. And Elizabeth looks a bit disappointed in her, but then Charlotte Lucas just explains her reasons and you got to feel for her. And the other one, the other scene that Emma Thompson helped with is the one where Elizabeth Bennett is trying to tell her aunt and uncle and Mr. Darcy about Lydia's disappearance with Mr. Wickham. And you'll notice Karen Knightley, she's walking in and out of the room. She just, she can, can't even bring herself to read the letter and she's crying. And I love that because I feel like it's very Emma Thompson. I can picture Emma Thompson doing that if she were in the role. No, I totally can too. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. And we will definitely cover some movies with Dame Emma Thompson because she's fantastic. It's like the Meryl Streep of Great Britain. <laughs> the greatest of all time. Britain or, or Emma Thompson? <laughs> <laughs> Great Britain is the greatest of all time. No, and um, another dame worth mentioning in this, we have Dame Judi Dench. She's Lady Catherine de Bourgh. And what a powerful, I mean, she's only in a couple scenes and it's just such, she's just such a powerhouse. I love her in this movie. She's a little scary, but <laughs> a little frightening. Livers for sure. Yeah. And this is, okay. So this is a Jane Austen quote. It's from the book and it's mentioned in both versions are the shades of Pemberley to be thus polluted? It's just, I love that. That was great. That might be my favorite quote from the whole movie. <laughs> um, Carly, what is your favorite scene from the movie? From the 2005 movie, I have to go with the Netherfield ball scene because, and even from the, before that, when they're getting ready and you have Jane and Elizabeth getting ready, you know, fixing up their hair, all pretty. And then it cuts to Lydia and Kitty and they're, you know, coursing up each other. And then the scene at the ball and it's, it's all done in one shot, which is like a Joe Wright trait. So it's panning around the room at Netherfield. You get to see all the people having a good time and talking and laughing. And then you just catch all these little funny moments too, whether it's um, Mrs. Bennett you know, eating and laughing and she kind of flicks some food on a poor man's jacket. Um, <laughs> and then, if, yeah. And then when they have um, Mr. Collins and he's holding a little flower, I mean, I just love the whole ballroom scene, but we have to talk about, of course, the dance between Elizabeth Bennett and Darcy, because it's impressive that it was all done in one shot. You can just see the camera just taking it all in. Dude, that's the crazy. Music. I didn't even realize it was yeah. all because it has such a natural feel to it. You don't yeah, even yeah. you don't even get distracted by that, which is great. No, it's not a distraction. It's it's just even you know once you notice it, it's even better. Um, and the dance between them, the music is amazing. The 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 people around them just disappear for a moment. I mean, that's an iconic scene. That is just so creative. See, that's kind of an example of how creative you can get when you're making films mm -hmm. as opposed to the miniseries. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And um, they're, you know, they're, they're sparring at that moment too. I really feel like they're just going back and forth and how could they not fall in love with each other in that moment? No, I love it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's epic. That scene is so epic. I always feel bad though for Mary playing in both versions, playing the piano and everyone laughing at her. I just I it was actually, feel for Mary. It was even more painful though in the 95 version, I will have to say. Yeah. A bit painful. Um, but I like how in the 2005 you get to see Mr. Bennett kind of go and comfort her afterwards. You oh. know, he kind of feels bad for. She's for such, stopping her. She's such the black cat of the family, you know? She's People, in a house full of golden doodles when she's the black. 
but you know what? People like her and as a character and you just have to think of what happens too after Lydia has gone off and gotten married and Jane and Elizabeth, what happens to Mary and Kitty? Um, yeah, I, I think have, I have thought about that. It's like, cause at the end you just see them. They're the only ones left. <laughs> yeah. And I think Mary, I think Mary would have been happy with Mr. Collins. I think that in that scene where Mr. Collins comes to propose to Elizabeth, you can see her looking at him from the side, like, why isn't anyone paying attention to this poor man? And I think if he had asked her, she would have said yes. I think you mean cousin Collins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and then Kitty, I think she's going to flourish once Lydia leaves her side. Like, I think Kitty's, you know, that's her opportunity to really come into her own. She's still so young. She's got plenty of time to come into her own. I do think in both versions, I like how Kitty's like, like the, the watchdog of the family. Like she's the one who's always noticing who's coming up the the path and she goes and alerts everyone. Oh, so-and-so is coming. <laughs> it's in both, both versions. I think it's cute. That's cute. <laughs> um, other cute moments. This is kind of random, but I just have to say it in the 2005 movie. Kira Knightley as Elizabeth Bennett eating an apple. I don't know. I've always noticed this because I feel like when I eat an apple, I'm just, you know, chomping, away. chomping away, but Kira's leaning up against a beautiful tree. She's touring the countryside with her uncle and aunt, and she's cut the apple down the middle and she's just kind of nibbling it on the side. And she looks so elegant. And I tried to copy her now when I'm in public eating an apple. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed that, but I'm going to go back and watch. That's cute. <laughs> and another random thing. I swear Elizabeth Bennett, played by Karen Knightley, looks at Mr. Wickham's butt. <laughs> when? When they're in a ribbon shop in Meriton and they've just met. And I swear she just looks, she's looking at his butt. <laughs> Didn't notice that. Any other little details you want to mention about the 2005 movie? Yes. So I know that there's a lot of debate about, um, you know, all the casting choices for this movie, but I think one of the ones that I find interesting is the argument whether a, a lot of people don't really, some people, not all, a lot of people, but some people think that Rosamund Pike, that she wasn't the best choice to play Jane Bennett. But I, I th I've always thought she was great, but um, I stumbled upon some Instagram posts and someone made a good point. They were like, she's, she is the perfect Jane Bennett because her looks are very, a combination of classic beauty, but also some etherealness qualities. And she's kind of, it kind of gives her a mysterious look to where you can't really read her that well, but she still has a bit of that classic beauty in her. And so that explains why Darcy, like, he just thought she, he couldn't tell that she was really in love with Bingley. Right, right. So some people think that's why she makes the perfect Jane Bennett. And I have to agree. I love her in the role. Um, she's just, she's beautiful. She fits the part. I do kind of want to slap her sometimes. And it's just the character, like, cause she's, she's not giving Mr. Bingley anything to work off of. So I do kind of almost see Mr. Darcy's point of view. If I was looking out for my friend and she's just, she's just staring, standing there. Staring no, at it. I know. I see your point, but I also just can relate to that, especially like in high school. Like if a guy was talking to me or if I liked a guy, like you would have no idea I was interested mm -hmm. <laughs> and I could barely say anything to them. So oh. like, I can't help but relate. But then I love how she kind of breaks down at the end when he's proposing to, when Mr. Bingley's finally proposing to Jane and she Aww. just breaks down. She's just smiling and, and can't hold back her tears. I also noticed a thing. Um, so she, in that scene, she kind of like starts to put her hands over her mouth and that's a family trait. If you look through the whole movie, Mr. Bennett definitely does it. Mm. She, I mean, Elizabeth does it. Mrs. Bennett, they all kind of like put their hand over their mouth. Like, oh, I don't know. It's really, it's interesting. I never noticed that. But yeah, now that I think about it, I, I do recall seeing them all do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mr. Bennett is played by Donald Sutherland, 
who is in a lot of classic movies, great actor. Brenda Blevin plays Mrs. Bennett. I love her as Mrs. Bennett. I mean, she just conveys everything like the, this just desire to have your, your five girls married. But then at the end, when, when they do start getting married, you see her, she's just sad that they're leaving at the same time. Yeah. She's hilarious. She's definitely got that mother goose kind of quality to her (laughs) running around all crazy and looking after her little goose babies. (laughs) Oh, but I love her. She's so entertaining in this. And I, I, I would have to say, I like her version a lot better than the 95 version. Yeah. They're both good, but this one, I don't know. It's just there's a little less of her too. So when she does, you know, when you do get your Miss Bennett moments, it's a bit, it hits a bit harder. Maybe it was the direction or maybe it's just her acting style, but she, she's just so believable. And it just, she has a very natural feel to being that nagging mother <laughs> that the other one, the other 95 version, it's almost like she's rehearsing or saying lines, you know, and she's, uh, it's almost got like a the- theatrical vibe to it. Okay. And she's I'm with you. good at it, but it's just, the movie she seems like it's she's like okay yeah this reminds me of my mom <laughs> you know <laughs> fair enough but i do love both mr bennett's um in the mini series as well and because you get to see well in both versions you get to see mr bennett's sp- like special relationship with elizabeth bennett like their confidants they can talk to each other about anything he's the favorite <laughs> definitely the favorite um yeah. So we've started to compare the movies, the movie to the miniseries a bit more now. So maybe we just go there and we can always come back to the 05 movie. Um, so let's talk about the 1995 miniseries directed by Simon Langton, screenplay by Andrew Davies. And I'm a huge fan of Andrew Davies because whenever I just look up a BBC miniseries that I love, he's he's the the writer. He also, fun fact, co-wrote the Bridget Jones Diary screenplay. Oh, no wonder we like that so much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that one has Emmy-winning costume design by Dinah Collin. And our very own Elizabeth Bennett from that adaptation, Jennifer Ely, won the BAFTA for her performance. So, I mean, this miniseries is just, it's so beloved. So many people love it. That's the same thing that I said twice. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, they'd love it. <laughs> we got it. We got to We got to tell everybody that it's love. And I, you know, I do wonder what it would have happened if I watched it sooner. But I'm, you know, I'm glad I was a bit older when I watched it. I think I was able to appreciate it more. Yeah, I, I regret not watching it sooner. Honestly, oh, really? Because honestly, I think it's great, but I just. So a lot of movies especially the ones made in the 90s mm-hmm. have this nostalgia when i watch them and mm-hmm. fortunately i don't have that when i watch I this see. because i've only recently watched it for the first time unfortunately the 2005 one i definitely have some nostalgia for i get you i understand being that being said maybe it's for the best because i can give it my honest opinion yeah you can look at it maybe more objectively but Anyways, I mean, anyone who watched it back then, I mean, there was so much buzz about it. Also, just because of Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy, he, it was like the role he was born to play. So, so much so that he, he repeated it in Bridget Jones, sorry. And I just, um, love, I I love. <laughs> he is Mr. Darcy for probably maybe over 50% of the world consider him the best Darcy. Um, he is so handsome. He's very swoon worthy. He is. And he just, he never, he just very rarely breaks character. Like you don't see his shell break until I feel um, Elizabeth visits Pemberley. Mm-hmm. You don't really see anything in the, in the eyes of Mr. Darcy, not even when he's proposing in this 95 miniseries version. I feel like in the 2005 movie, you see, you see Matthew McFadden sort of comes out of his shell a little bit earlier. Um, like with the hand flex scene. 
oh my gosh, we didn't even talk about the hand flex, huh? Rewind, <laughs> rewind. <laughs> rewind. <laughs> oh my gosh, how amazing. And I know for a fact, I've heard that that was just a complete accident. Yeah, no. And then the director just like knew it was golden when mm-hmm. it happened and zoomed in. <laughs> yeah. And what do you, th- that's what I want to ask. So what do you think that that hand flex represents from to, to Darcy? Like, why did he do that? What was his mindset? I think kind of just what I, what I was talking about. So like he, so it's involuntary. He has just touched Elizabeth Bennett's hand, helped her get into the carriage. And he, he just kind of involuntary does the hand flex. Cause he, he touched her and he realizes I love her. She's leaving my side. And I think that he couldn't help himself. It was just kind of a, a physical reaction. Yeah. But then I think that's when you start to realize like he's breaking down a bit. Yeah. What's your take on that? Oh, oh, well, <laughs> so I think that I kind of agree with you, but I also think at that time he wasn't really sure what the hand flex meant, but he just knew that when he touched her, he felt something. And at that point, I felt like he still wasn't sure if he was annoyed by her or if he was like intrigued uh, by her. But I think it sparked something in him where he was like, she, you know, where, where there's, where there's a, where there's, anger there's passion or something where there's smoke there's fire where there's anger there's passion okay no 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 i really like your point so like yeah so he reacted to it and it could have been an annoyance thing it could have been basically he wasn't indifferent yeah and and indifference is the opposite of love (laughs) The opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. Ooh, who said that? Google. <laughs> no, um, Ellie Weisel Wessel. Yeah, so there was something there. Anyway, let's go back to 95. Fast forward. <laughs> okay, so the hand flex is comparable to the wet shirt lake scene. Oh yeah. See, that's one thing. Oh, five's <laughs> got nothing on 95 when it comes to Darcy in the wet shirt. <laughs> so much so that they made a statue of him. Where? In Great Britain. Oh my gosh. I want to go. No, I don't know if it's there anymore. What happened to the statue? <laughs> they took it down. But anyways, they took it down. <laughs> no, you have to what? look up the statue. It's kind of just because I think statues are kind of frightening oh my god this one is hilarious no they had to rescue it it was tilting oh oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) oh this is funny yeah and i believe it was in london where they also made a statue of jeff goldblum in jurassic park with a shirt oh my gosh they've got the best statues over there (laughs) anyways so I think that, yeah, it's safe to say that Colin Firth was born to play the role of Mr. Darcy. Oh, I'm so sorry. I did not. It's okay. Go ahead. Um, that scene where (laughs) I guess they're at the Bingley's or some, or maybe Pemberley and, um, the 95 version and Lizzie's playing outside with the dog. Oh yeah. (laughs) Darcy's looking at the window. The way she hops with yeah. the dog, it cracks me up. Oh, <laughs> love it. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it is funny. I laughed too. <laughs> okay. Um, Kira Knightley said in an interview that she had a huge obsession with the 95 miniseries growing up. And, you know, she was a huge fan of the the novel as well, but she... She watched the the show over and over again. And she was even reluctant to play Elizabeth Bennett because she didn't want to, you know, she wasn't sure she could do it justice after Jennifer Ely's performance. I think that you can see in certain scenes, Kira paying homage to Jennifer Ely in her mannerisms. And sometimes the way she speaks, like I feel like she speaks even in a, a deeper, lower register than she does 
normally. Um, I notice this, especially in the scene where she's playing the piano um, at Rosings and she looks up at Mr. Darcy to kind of, you know, scold him for the first time they met. And I just, I don't know, there's something about that scene. I think she's, she's doing definitely no i noticed it for a fact in the scene when darcy's confessing his love to her you know and she because i watched them back to back and kira knightley sounds just like her especially yeah. when she's like the last person i would ever think to marry like that's exactly <laughs> the way she says it yes no i she yeah i love it great job kira <laughs> but then she still brings her own you know back to the 95 miniseries um what do you think about the the rest of the cast so we have Susanna Harker as Jane Bennett I think she's she's sweet she's definitely portrays the sweet side of Jane well um you know I think she did a good job yeah yeah no a lot of people back to what you said about Rosamund Pike's performance I think a lot of people really like Susanna Harker in the role and say that she looks like what you were saying with the Greek and Roman look. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too is um, when I was doing my research, it was because of her because apparently a lot of people think that she is the perfect, she's the perfect Shane because she represents the Regency era style to a T. She, she looks like if you put that character in, a you know, those oil paintings from greek or roman times or referencing those times she looks just like one of those um mm -hmm. you know grecian ladies uh, for debate which jane bennett do you like the most um or you like both because we like we like, I like both, both. <laughs> and i love crispin bottom carter as charles bingley i think he is adorable i might even like him more than the other mr bingley no <laughs> I find him so cute. Um, oh, Anna Chancellor as Caroline Bingley. I think her performance is amazing in this. I just, I don't know. There's something about her. No, she does good. I loved Kelly Riley as as Mrs. Bingley. Um, and you know, she's Beth. If you know, you know. But I love, I love that actress. And I think she did a great job. She she carries herself so, you know, elegantly and and she doesn't have to say a lot. It's just all in her expressions. What you know what she's thinking. <laughs> I just love it. Whereas the one in 95, it's a lot more verbal. No, that's a good point. She does have she I mean, you can just see when she's trying to put Elizabeth Bennett down um right in front of everyone's face. But I don't know. I still love her in that role. And her sister is in this role. So we have the full Bingley family in this version where they just don't even give the second sister a part in the 2005 movie. And I like it too, because to me, it reminds me of Cinderella stepsisters in the way that they dress and the way they act. No, that's true. So speaking of Caroline Bingley, when Jane, when Jane's sick and Elizabeth Lizzie's in there and they're all, um, I think it stood out to me more in the, um, actually both versions, or it might be the 2005 version, but Lizzie just starts, she goes in that room with them and she just starts reading while they're all just like talk. Oh yeah. It was the 95 version and her attitude. And she was just reading and I was like, oh my gosh, that's just, that's just wild to me. Cause you wouldn't do that nowadays. Go to someone's house and not like talk to them. You just sit there and read in front of them. I think I'm going to start doing that <laughs> when I'm in an uncomfortable situation. I think I'm just going to bring a book and just open it up and read it. I love that. I know her attitude. And then, and then Caroline mentioned something about how she was. And then she just, she closed the book and was like, no, ma'am, I'm not like that at all. I was like, okay. I love that whole scene when, when she does do that. But um, I also think if you think about it, she's been there for a while. We don't even, I can't think, I can't remember how many days have past that she's kind of stuck there at Netherfield. She wants to be there for Jane, but she's having to put up with Caroline Bingley. So I don't know. I think reading the book was, was a smart way to go. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
but I, I will say again, I loved 2005 Miss Bingley. Did you like her? Or? I do, but I just, I find her, she's just so modern looking to me. I don't know. Like yeah, her, I think, I think they did a fashion. I think they dressed her up really nice. Like she, she looked like she was back then to me. I feel like no one from that time period would wear that dress that she wears. Oh, oh, so it was a dress. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know that. Wait, what? <laughs> I thought you were talking about her face and everything. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Okay, so you don't think the costume was very accurate for her? Right. So I think that in the 2005 version in the 2005 version it would they went way too modern with caroline bingley's costuming in my opinion it was pretty though i just i don't love it okay okay <laughs> agree disagree i prefer in the 95 miniseries those lovely headbands with feathers coming out of them <laughs> um that the sisters wear which is also a fashion element in the Poldark series. Um, Ooh, can't wait to talk about that. So comparing the two adaptations a bit more, both Darcy's have this hand on their hip stance, which just shows how proud they are. And I love it. Um, they also kind of have these moments where they're just staring at Elizabeth from across the room in oh. In kind of a creepy way. Particular Colin Firth, he has that look. Oh my <laughs> gosh. When she looks up and he's just those dark brown eyes and he's just staring at her. Oh, swoon. <laughs> Colin Firth, man, he's got that look. That's why I actually don't like it when they cast Colin Firth in more villainous roles. I like him. I I think I just like him in as the romantic lead. Oh yeah, he's gotta be the sweet loving person yes like and what a girl wants oh my gosh he's so dreamy. <laughs> as the father as the father <laughs> okay <laughs> um yeah okay let's start talk now let's talk about the endings of of both so in the 95 version we end it with a double wedding between bingley and jane and Darcy and Elizabeth. I think it's so sweet. I love how they have the joint wedding. It's winter time outside. It's just so, they they look so happy. It's just the perfect happy ending, very Jane Austen. And then Kayla, did you know that with the 2005 movie, there's actually two different endings. There's a UK ending and a US ending. No, what? Yes. So we're probably used to the U.S. ending, which is when they, Mr. Darcy and now Mrs. Darcy are sitting at, outside at night at Pemberley and they're looking at each other and they're talking about what to call Elizabeth, you know, my pearl on Sundays, Mrs. Darcy, only when he's completely and incandescently in love. So that's a, a very romantic U.S loved ending. Okay. But what they did is they tested that ending out on UK audiences and it did not go over well. Why? Did you know this? What's going on over there, guys? Well, what, why don't you like the, the romance? Come on. <laughs> they just felt it was, you know, not period accurate perhaps, or gave too much of a insight into their, their intimate private life. And it didn't go over well. So the UK ending actually ends with Mr. Bennett laughing in his study when Elizabeth, you know, shares that she actually does love Mr. Darcy. Wow. Okay. okay. And I have seen it that way with the ending with Mr. Bennett and it's nice. It's lovely. It's, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's very sweet, but I have to say, I love the U S ending because I, it's more satisfying to see them together in the end. As long as the UK version still has when she's been up all night and she goes outside in the dawn and the and the the you know, the dew the morning dew and and she sees him walking up like okay at least they got that 
Yeah, they do have that scene. That is such an iconic scene. Uh Probably one of the best romantic sort of, you know, realization moments. And the music. Oh, the music. You can hear it right now. Yeah, so the music is such a standout in the 2005 movie. As I said, Dario Marianelli is the composer. And he actually was nominated for this one, but didn't end up winning the Oscar until Atonement, which is another Kira Knightley, Joe Wright movie. And then also did the, the music for Anna Karenina. And I love the soundtrack of Anna Karenina. It's maybe not my favorite movie, but I do love the music in that one as well. And Atonement. Oh yeah. Those are both of great music for sure. So well done, Dario Marianelli. Yeah, so the soundtrack for the 2005 is so fantastic. And I love how in the movie, the characters are the ones playing the piano, playing the songs. I think that was such a nice element. It's very realistic. You have Mary playing the piano, playing the song, Elizabeth Bennett, and Georgiana Darcy, who is actually, of course, the the most skilled pianist from the group. And I think that's such a cool way of tying in the the music score with the movie. But maybe I have a random thing. Please tell me. I think that Jennifer Ely looks like a young Meryl Streep. I can see this. No, I can definitely see this. I couldn't help but see Meryl Streep when I was watching it. Yeah. Yes. And Jennifer Ely, she just embodies the spirit of Elizabeth Bennett from Jane Austen's book. I love her chemistry with Colin Firth. It's amazing. It totally is. I, I definitely appreciate all that she's given to the role. But I do want to ask you a question. If you had to choose a Darcy um, to take home with you, who who would that be? But not including like the movies or anything, just like them as a character itself. Who would you choose? I think that high school me, younger me would have said Matthew McFadden. But now, now that I'm older, I just, I really think I'm leaning towards Colin Firth. What about you? I was going to say the same thing. He's just so dreamy in that role. I mean, Matthew McFadden did such a great job as well. It's just, come on guys, it's Colin Firth. He is just so dreamy and that is my opinion. Now, other versions of the Pride and Prejudice story, we talked about Bridget Jones' Diary in 2001, starring Renee Zellweger and Colin Firth. Also in You've Got Mail, they totally reference Pride and Prejudice. And I think that Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks have a Elizabeth Bennett Darcy sort of vibe. Do you agree? Yeah. Is that like on purpose? I just, I, I kind of got that vibe for sure, but I, d- I didn't know if they did that on purpose. I think so. Um, You've Got Mail is paying tribute to some old movies as well, like Shop Around the Corner. So I think so. Okay. And then there's a Bollywood version called Bride and Prejudice from 2004. It's really fun. I saw it a long time ago. I need to rewatch it. And there's a Pride and Prejudice in Zombies from 2016 I still haven't seen. That one stars Lily James. Oh, I would definitely be interested in seeing that. That sounds interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I believe it's based on a book. And then in 1940, there's an old Pride and Prejudice starring Laurence Olivier and Greer Garson. And Laurence Olivier, if I mean, also, this is like a third Mr. Darcy we should talk about because he really captures the um, haughtiness, but also dreaminess of Mr. Darcy. Ooh, yeah, I definitely, I don't know why I haven't seen that yet, but I need to. It's good. I, I do love Lawrence Olivier. Kayla, what did you think about the Pride and Prejudice reference in Barbie? Oh, they mentioned the miniseries. I remember that. They do. They even show a clip from it when Darcy's confessing his love to Elizabeth. The references, I don't know how everyone's taking it. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious, but it's in reference to like a depression Barbie who watches, <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. who watches Pride and Prejudice over and over again. <laughs> That's funny. But I, mean- I think, I think 
for the most part, people have a good sense of humor and they thought of it like, I feel seen. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's depression, more like romantic Barbie. But both of these have stood the test of time already and they continue to, you know, get more, get new audiences in. And I'm excited. Maybe there's going to be a new version one day with Jacob Alordi. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. Do, do you have anyone you would cast as Elizabeth Bennett? Ooh. Mm. Too tough. Oh. Ooh. Daisy Edgar Jones. I can see that. That's a good one. I like her. She's so she's so sweet. Very nice. All right. Well, there you have it. Well, in mind, I just say that I just wish Jane Austen could watch these versions. I think how cool would that be for her to see her stories come to life in this way? Um, I think it would that she would just I think she would love what they did with them for sure. Oh, that's such a sweet thing to say. So there you have it. We started out talking about the 2005 Joe Wright film adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. And then we moved on to the 1995 BBC miniseries. Both are loved by audiences around the world and has stood the test of time, as you said, Kayla. And while we have some people who refuse to watch one of the versions because they far prefer the other version, I don't know. I think we've concluded here that there are elements that are great to both. And I encourage you to watch them both, make your own comparisons and let us know in the comments what you think. Thanks, sis. I'm so glad we got to discuss some of our favorite movies together. All right. Thank you all for listening in and can't wait to share some more podcasts with you in the future. Bye guys.